We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, Her Hoops Deaths fans, welcome to another episode of Her Hoops Deaths Unplugged. As always, you're here with Megan Gower. Thanks for bearing with us in a couple of weeks off, but we're back, and I'm here today with Calvin Wetzel. Hey, Calvin, how's it going? Hey, I'm good, Megan. How are you doing? Doing well. Um, hard to believe we're like a third of the way through the WNBA season. I don't really understand when that happened, but we're here. It's June. Um, Things are going back to normal slowly. Fans are at games, so exciting times. Yeah, definitely. It's weird to look up and and see. I didn't even think about the fact that we were a third of the way through the season until you told me like a few minutes ago before we started recording this. But it's it's weird how, how quick it's moving. Yeah, I don't know that we're officially there, but there's at least a handful of teams that are like a third of the way through this season. The schedule makes no sense. We could talk about that in probably another episode, but <laughs> <laughs> I think most teams are at least approaching it. I mean, you've got teams that have played 10 games and then teams that have played seven games and like don't play for a week, but whatever. It is what it is. So, um, but we're at least approaching that, that third of the way mark. So I think we've kind of seen enough from most teams to get a read on what things are looking like so far and kind of revisit what we said back at the beginning of the season and see how wrong we were already. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I figured we could just start at the top of the standings. I feel like we haven't recorded this in a couple of weeks, so we're back and we've got to talk about Connecticut because I think they're off to... A hotter start than most people would have suspected. I think more than I would have expected. Either eight and we're recording this on Tuesday night. I should caveat with that because it won't come out till Friday. So the records will be a little bit off when it comes out, but concepts will be the same. So they're eight and two as of Tuesday night. And I mean, John Paul Jones has just been absolutely insane for them. Like I feel like that's the the biggest point there. 
don't really see how anyone could argue against her being the front runner for MVP right now. Yeah, it's interesting um, because she is going to miss the next couple weeks. Um, and, you know, for her, what was it, an overseas commitment, right? Um, mm-hmm. And when you play 32 games, she's going to miss, what is it, four or five games? Um, that should still be, you know, you, sh- you should still be fine, I think, to win the MVP. But then you're at the point where you, if you missed any more games for any other reason, if you get injured for a week or something, then it starts to get borderline. But uh, I definitely think, yeah, if, if the vote were today, she would hands down take the MVP. And I think she, you know, even if she ends up playing something like 25 or 26, probably will still be the front runner. It's it's weird. We I think we kind of all forgot how good she was. I did at least. I Not really, but like, you know, I sort of viewed it in my mind as, Alyssa Thomas is really good at basketball. John Quill Jones is really good at basketball. You know, you're, they're very different players, but they're both both very good players, and you're just sort of replacing one with the other. And, uh, you know, it's it's not going to be that different in terms of where the sun are at in the in this landscape, in the standings. But uh, I was wrong. I didn't have them in that top tier, and they clearly are. Um, and so I <laughs> – the the disrespect with the capital CT was real from <laughs> me. There they've only lost twice. Uh, one of them was in overtime on the road by one possession at the Storm, which is about as good of a loss as you can have. And then to five points at the Lynx, the good version of the Lynx when they since they got <laughs> Nafisa Collier back. So um, honestly, the Sun I think with John Quill Jones in the lineup may be the team to beat in the league right now. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they are the team to be. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit different for the next couple of weeks with JJ being abroad, but really looks like the team to be right now. I think their their starting core is just so good. And then what they've been, been able to get off the bench from Tisha Heideman has been fantastic as well. So just, I mean, a really, really solid start for them. Also, John Paul Jones's numbers are just insane. I was just looking at this earlier, but she's like fourth in the league in points per game, over 20 points per game, but also fourth in the league in her efficiency. For, so she's fourth in both points per play and points per scoring attempt, and then also averaging a double-double. So, you know, casual. But um, I think the biggest question for them really is just like how much can they get from their bench? I'd, obviously, Heidemann has been fantastic, but they haven't really – reached into the depth of their bench too much. I think they've gotten some decent minutes from DeJanae Carrington, but there's definitely some questions about, you know, the depth of this team. And I think that can make it a little tricky going down the stretch. There's a lot of minutes focused on a small set of players. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. So Heidemann started five games of their 10 and came off the bench for the other five, like you said, with, uh, you know, she started when, uh, when Jasmine Thomas or Brian January have not been in the lineup, but when when everyone is there, you're really talking about a six-player rotation with with those three guards, and then Brianna Jones, Jonquil Jones, and Dewana Bonner. And um, I mean, they they can get production from that sixth-player spot. But you're right. When you start looking at seven, eight, nine on this team, they haven't gotten a lot, which is sort of a that's just Kurt Miller, you know, he, he loves to play his starters major. Like we've seen this before from him. This isn't a new thing for them, but it, it will be interesting to see, um, you know, how that plays out down the stretch. And, and I mean, I would love to see, I really hope we get to see this team at full strength next year. We've gotten robbed of it for two years. Um, because when you put Bonner, John Quill Jones and Alyssa Thomas 
first off, that's the best front court, no question, in the league. And second off, you just get a little bit deeper. Now you're seven deep if you put Alyssa Thomas back into this lineup, um, which is way different than six deep, uh, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, but you're you're right. It is it is sort of a thin bench after after Heidemann, um, and that that may be sort of the one knock on him, but it hasn't really hasn't really slowed him down yet. Um, I definitely think that's the type of thing that with the with the WNBA schedule you can get away with a little bit more versus um, like if you look at the NBA when they play 82 games and they play you know some back to back days like you got to have some load management. The WNBA I, I like the way the regular season sets up a little bit more for that. Yeah, agreed. It definitely hasn't hurt them so far, and it honestly might not. I think it's, like, the one thing to point to that could be a concern for them as you're trying to look at, like, how is someone going to contend with Connecticut, and maybe that's where, but agreed. I think, you know, they look really solid. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine. Like, if this team gets Alyssa Thomas back next year and keeps this whole core, it's going to be so fun to watch them. I don't really know who's going to beat them, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, like you said, I don't really think it's going to hurt them either if everything goes right in terms of, you know, people talk about it in terms of, oh, late in the game, you know, or late in the season, are you going to be tired? Are you going to wear down? I don't think it's going to hurt them in that sense. I mean, you're talking about, you know, people who are just in the best shape of, of anyone in the world, world-class athletes. I think they're going to be fine. I think where it would or could hurt them is when you get into situations either where you have an injury or, you know, a situation like John Quill Jones for the next couple of weeks. Now you're five deep with her out of the lineup. Or if you get into the playoffs and you get one or two players in foul trouble. So if you're forced to start giving number seven and number eight significant minutes, will someone like Dijanae Carrington step up, especially in the playoffs when you're talking about, you know, she's a rookie, obviously, and hasn't been there before. Um, and and I don't think she would necessarily need to if they're if they're full strength. Uh, but but if you if you start to have foul trouble or someone gets hurt, would someone like that be able to step up? And that maybe, you know, but but I think that is the only question. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the big question, too. And I think you're going to see a big test for some of that bench with John Cole Jones being out for the next few weeks. I think especially Beatrice Montpremier, someone that can kind of fill into that role, has gotten some minutes this season, but not a lot. So can she step up a little bit and kind of help fill that hole while John Cole Jones is out? It, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens in these next few games. I think ultimately, like, yeah, I don't know. I kind of see, have a hard time seeing anyone challenging Connecticut for finishing, like, first in the East. Um, and then it'll be, I mean, obviously playoffs don't use the conferences, so it could hurt their seating a little bit if they drop a few without Jungle Jones. But I think you're going to get a good test of what the rest of that bench looks like, and then she's going to be back for when it counts. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, in terms of someone getting in foul trouble or something like that, it also depends who it is, obviously, because you can't replace John Quill Jones scoring or Dewana Bonner and just their all around skill sets that they bring to the table. And, you know, Brianna Jones has been, for example, has been excellent. But at the same time, you don't necessarily need her to score the basketball. You're relying for her on on rebounding and defense. And Beatrice Mon Premier can do that to a much lesser extent, but she can bring that rebounding off the bench. So, um, you know, it, it it all depends on on how it shakes out in that regard. But um, yeah, definitely excited to see this team down the stretch of the regular season and in the playoffs how they look. I think last year 
they actually were pretty good down the stretch too. And they went on that mm-hmm. playoff run, but they started out 0 and five. So they finished in the middle of the standings and I, maybe that tricked some of us like myself into forgetting that they were actually really good. And this year they didn't start out 0 and five. And now I remembered that they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a team that's looking like a, a, a team that has a really good chance of winning a championship. So we are a little bit wrong about them, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you and I had them in the same tier, right? Um, tier two, yeah. which was incorrect. <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> we, we can own it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll own it. We were wrong. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So next up, we've got a team that we did have in that top tier, I believe, as being championship contenders in the storm. They're, as of Tuesday night, 7-2. and I mean, I feel like this has just been their, like, Brianna Stewart and Joel Lloyd shell from this team. The two of them have been absolutely insane. Yeah, Jewel Lloyd has stepped up her game big time. She's been so fun to watch. Um, and she's really helped ease ease the load offensively, I think, of of losing two big pieces in in Alicia Clark and Natasha Howard, who obviously are, are known as defenders, but really were important on the offense end as well. Jewel Lloyd has has you know, she's been averaging over twenty points a game and has been an incredible Robin to Stewie's Batman. But um I don't know what you think about this team. I feel like we talked about this in Slack a little bit, I guess, that that this team is is sort of living on the edge when you look at some of their, I mean, it finally caught up to them uh, the other day against Dallas with Arike hitting that essentially buzzer beater, those two late threes to, to, to beat them. But they also went to overtime against Dallas two other times. They went to overtime against the sun. Um, I mean, they've sort of been escaping and, it feels like if a couple bounces go the other way, this team could be, you know, four and five instead of seven and two. If, if they come out on the, on the wrong end of all those basically coin flip overtime games. So I, I don't know how I feel about this team. Their offense is still as smooth as it was last year. Um, hasn't really skipped a beat, but they had one of the best defenses in league history last year. And they're nowhere close to that level this year, which is to be expected when you lose Howard and Clark. So I definitely think this team is much more beatable than they were last year. And I'm not even sure if I think they're quite as good as their 7-2 record. But I do think they're in the top tier with Connecticut. I just don't think they're maybe the the number one favorite anymore. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think part of it is, like, you have the best basketball player in the world on your team. And that helps, obviously, a lot. (laughs) Like, you have Brianna Stewart, and that that just accounts for so much. And then if Joel Lloyd is playing at the level she's been playing at, I mean, that, the two of them is already a lot, but I think there's a lot of question marks when you start looking beyond that. I mean, Subert has been obviously Subert, but on the defensive end, that's definitely a bit of a hole for them. And then those other two starting spots, I think, is where the big question marks come in. They don't really have a, like, WNBA caliber starting center. That's maybe not the right way to word that, but, like, they don't have, you know, a, a big-time starting center. They've got, uh, I think it's been Mercedes Russell's that's starting at that position, she's just she's not Natasha Howard (laughs) like there's no really other way to put it um they don't have a really solid option inside and I think that's going to be a big problem for them against when they get up against teams like Connecticut where you've got such a strong front court I think it it's going to be a bit of a challenge so yeah I I still think they're in that top tier 
largely honestly because of just Stuart and Lloyd's performances, but there's definitely a lot more beatable than they were last year. Yeah, and you know, they they've started like early in the season, they were starting a front court of, of Candace Dupree and Brianna Stewart. I don't know I guess Brianna Stewart's the center in that lineup. I don't but like you said, there really is no center in that lineup. It's it's uh it's an all guard forward lineup. So they I, Brianna Stewart is so long that sometimes she can make up for some of that lack of sort of a true traditional big in the way. I mean, she's still a great rim protector, obviously two blocks a game um, and an excellent rebounder. She's averaging almost 10 a game, uh, but it's, it, she's very, very far from what you would call, you know, someone like a, a Sylvia Fowles or a, Brittany Griner, um, they don't have that, which, you know, obviously not everyone, not everyone can have a Sylvia Faust, but um, it, it is a, something that opponents have been able to exploit a little bit more, I think, on on the Storm's defensive end than maybe what they were last year. Yeah, exactly. I think it'll be interesting to kind of see how things go for this team. Like you said, it kind of could be they're at seven and two, but things fall a little bit differently and they could be more of a five and four type standing. So I'm interested to see if they figure more out going forward or if it kind of leans towards they've just, they've had some good luck and now they're going to have some bad luck and end up a little bit further down in the standings. Yeah. And of course we should mention too, that they, they had a coaching change. So congrats to Dan Hughes and on uh, his retirement um noah quinn has taken over and i think done a great job you know they did lose to dallas this last game but dallas is better than anyone realizes i think i'm getting ahead of myself on them but uh i I think they've done pretty well it's been a seamless transition to to quinn so um see how that goes the rest of the season as well but i i'm excited to have another black woman head coach in the league um just you know unbasketball related On basketball are related, but really important. I think when you have a league that is just the majority of it is black women, it's really awesome to also see black women in that kind of pedagogy role. Exactly, 100%. All right, so the next team I've got on this list is Vegas. As of Tuesday night, they're sitting at 7-3. and three. I feel like this team has just been, like, at my expectations so far. Like, kind of exactly what you expected. They're good. There's definitely some concerns about spacing, and sometimes Asia and Liz feels like it works really well together. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it's working that well, but I feel like they're just kind of exactly at what we expected. Yeah, I agree with you. I I mean, we expected this team to be very good, and they are very good. I think this, for me at least, I know in our our preseason podcast, we broke the teams into tiers um, rather than 1 through 12, and if we did that now, I think this would round out my top tier not in any particular order, but Sun, Storm, and Aces, I think, would be my top tier of of three at this point. And that, that with the caveat that that's based on who has been playing so far. So the Sky without Candace Parker, the Mystics without Elena Deladon, because um, I think they can enter that tier if they're healthy. But, um, I yeah, the spacing issues are interesting because, I mean, Asia Wilson has been continuing to knock down that mid-range jumper. I know in a preseason uh, podcast we talked about maybe will she start hitting threes and then like four minutes into the first game she hit a three and I said, look, she's going to start taking threes. <laughs> um, and then that was wrong. She took that one and she hasn't taken one since. She's one for one on the year. <laughs> 100%. I would like her 
to see her take a few more. Um, and I think it could help with that spacing. But I also think they're so talented that the spacing doesn't maybe matter as much as people want it to. It, it It's not ideal, but they're still really good at basketball. <laughs> exactly. And I think we have to talk about Jackie Young here, too, because I think she's been a big part of why I think they look a little bit better than they did last year. And it's not just the fact that they have Lewis Cambridge, it's that I mean, Jackie Young has been playing at a, a way higher level than I think we've seen from her in the past couple seasons. I think she's looking like what people were probably hoping she would look like when they picked her at number one to go to Vegas. And I think, I mean, a big part of that is due to Chelsea Gray. I think having Chelsea Gray as a point guard just allows Jackie Young to play off the ball, ball more, change up her game to something, I think, a role she's probably a little more comfortable in, and then she's really excelling in it. Yeah, and it allows her to to go against, you know, maybe a little bit of a weaker defender or a little bit of a smaller defender sometimes because, um, you know, last year when you look at the point guard revolving door that they had, players like Lindsey Allen, um, I mean, you can put your sm- you can put players like uh, Leilani Mitchell, you know, type of players on her, you know. But now you have two really big physical guards. Chelsea Gray can obviously post up, you know, as a point guard. Um, which which demands a little bit of a bigger defender, but Jackie Young is just like is just just a bully in the best way possible, and um, you know the how strong she is on on her drives and and with the ball in her hands, I think it creates a lot of tough situations for defenses who don't really have two guards who can physically match up with that backcourt. Exactly. And I think we're just seeing a lot more with that, like of the player that you saw at Notre Dame that was so good. Like I'd probably say this too often, but I will like die on the hell that she was the best player on that Notre Dame team <laughs> that won that championship. So um yeah, I think it's just really exciting to see her really coming into her own in the league and really living up to that number one pick status a little bit more this year. Yeah, I honestly wouldn't necessarily argue with you. I'm I'm a big Jackie Young fan. I'm a big Marina Mabry fan, too. We'll talk about her when we get to the wings. Speaking of that Notre Dame team, uh, they have been really producing this year in the WNBA. Yeah. Uh, and Brianna Turner. Oh, my goodness. It's yes. it's uh, it's crazy to think about how how much success that team is having in the league right now. But, yeah, I've, I've been a Jackie Young fan since Notre Dame as well. And I, um, it's She, I think, got a lot of, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, skepticism. Why Why was she then, uh, you know, she's not living up to that number one pick. Um, you look at number one picks in league history, Stewie, Griner, Candace Parker. I mean, Jackie Young has been in that category, but she's been great this year. She's been exactly what the Aces have needed. Yeah, I almost feel like I actually haven't really seen her name thrown into the conversation for most improved, but I feel like she might be starting to have an argument for that as well. I think, you know, she had a pretty good season last season but I think she's just playing at a very different level than she was last year oh I agree yeah I definitely think she has to be in that conversation all right so next up in the standings I think probably outside of what we would consider that top tier for going back to what we referenced on the the last podcast um is Phoenix at five and three so this is also a Phoenix team that has played I think now four of those games without Diana Taurasi as well, who was injured and out for four-ish weeks or so. I don't think they've given a definite timetable, but she's got a fractured sternum, and she's out for four-plus weeks. So I actually think this team has surprised me a little bit in that they look a little bit better than expected. 
especially in the way that they're they're holding up without Diana Taurasi so far. Yeah, well, the biggest reason for that, I think, has been Kia Nurse, who had yes. a shockingly poor shooting season last year with the Liberty, but she's back to being the Kia Nurse that, uh, you know, we all thought she's shooting 41% from three on over five attempts a game, which is the exact uh, type of shooting that you need, um, you know, in spacing and, and scoring with Tarasi out, um, you know, because that's what, that's, that's Tarasi's role, right? To, to shoot and score from really anywhere. And that's what Kia Nurse has been doing as well, even from half court at the buzzer the other day. Uh, so I, I think that's been massive. And then, and then of course there's Brianna Turner as well. They have, you know, uh, I, I might be wrong about this. I, I should look it up. I believe that Brianna Turner and Brittany Griner are the top two in the league in blocks right now, which almost unheard of to see those on the same team, but it's, it's not at all the same as the aces, but it makes me think of the aces in the sense that it's not supposed to work because of spacing like Brittany Griner and Brianna Turner should create spacing problems. And they kind of do uh, in the same way that Asia and Liz should create spacing problems and they sort of do, but also in the same way, sometimes you're so good that you can compensate for spacing issues by just being awesome. And that's what Brianna Turner, she's been so good that, I mean, they, they have to play her next to Brittany Griner for, three quarters of the game. Uh, you can't, you know, you can't limit her minutes to only when Griner's on the bench and it, it's still pretty much worked. Um, Skylar Diggins Smith has been great, you know, as well, picking up some slack, averaging almost 20, uh, picking up some slack when Tarasi has been out. But yeah, this team, I think has surprised me a little bit. They, they have also like the storm escaped a few times, like that Kia nurse half court shot. Um, I think they've won three in a row by, by one possession or, or two or three or four. So we'll see how they do down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, one by four, one by one, and then one by three in overtime Two of those against Chicago. Uh, they play actually, they, they're tipping off right now. Um, as we record this on Tuesday nights, so we'll see how it goes tonight. But, um, I, I've been pleasantly surprised from this team as from a Mercury perspective. Agreed. And I, you are correct, by the way. Brianna Turner is first in the league with box, and blocks at 2.8, and then Brittany Griner is second at 2.6. So they are the top two in the league for blocks per game right now. And yeah, I mean, you can't say enough about Brianna Turner. I think we saw this, especially in the bubble last season um, when Brittany Griner left. She really stepped up and was a, is a really key piece of that Mercury team. And I think she's just picked right up, back up where she left off, and she's been absolutely fantastic for them. So. A really strong front court duo there between those two, and then obviously, I mean, Skylar Davis Smith, Diane Trassi when she's back, and then you've got Kia Nurse stepping up really big for them. And I feel like they get pretty varied production from their bench. It's interesting, they seem to kind of like move people around quite a bit, but I think a lot of times they're able to get something out of someone, so looking better than I expected as well. Yeah, and Brittany Griner looks like Brittany Griner again. I feel like at the 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 time off that she, you know that she needed mentally, I think, really seems to have have worked. Um, she's shooting fifty seven percent from from two, and you know after shooting below fifty percent last year for the first time in her career, I felt like just watching her last year. There were so many shots where 
she's six nine and when she's right next to the rim like i don't know how she doesn't make it uh but it just felt like she wasn't finishing last year and she's finishing again this year including two dunks that's <laughs> yes definitely big time finishing so um yeah vintage britney griner again you know kia nurse knocking down shots i think there's a lot to like about this team Agreed. They're going to be one of those that I think are going to be fun to see, especially when you come to the playoffs. Not the team that you're going to want to meet in a single elimination game, for sure. All right. Somehow at fifth in the league, because I was like writing this down and kind of shocked to see this because it doesn't feel like they should be this high up in the standings, is LA. <laughs> at four and three as of Tuesday night, but to caveat that one of those wins is over Indiana, three of them over, are over Chicago, which is all the way down at 11th with a big yikes next to it on my notes, but we'll get there when we get there. Lots of yikes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I currently also don't have Mecca or Shanae, both are out, both the Gumukes are out with injuries. I mean... This team is at fifth in the standings. I don't think they are the fifth best team in the league. I honestly will be surprised if they make the playoffs this year. I think I feel like we had them in the right spot at the beginning of the season. There's just a lot of question marks and I haven't seen any answers. Yeah, that's that's funny. I was gonna, you know, ask how you felt because I feel like some some people are starting to think, you know, maybe maybe the sparks are are, you know, are have something here, but I I am with you. I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one who feels that way. I think we both had the Sparks pretty low early on. I still have them pretty low. To me, so you look at their four wins. One of them against is at home against Indiana. Um, I don't know how they won by 35, but that's that's an yeah. Indiana thing which we can get to. <laughs> exactly. The other three against Chicago. To me, this doesn't change my opinion of the Sparks. It changes my opinion of the Sky, the fact that the Sky couldn't win any of these three games. And when we get to the Sky, you know, we talk more about that. But that, I mean, this doesn't really do a whole lot to change my opinion. And the other thing is, I mean, they haven't played Connecticut yet. They haven't played Seattle yet. You know, they got six games against those two teams um, that we, they haven't played Phoenix yet. I mean, when we talk about the four teams ahead of them in the standings that we just talked about, um, they've, they got 12 games against them and they've only played one of those 12 so far. So their schedule is definitely going to be tougher in the latter two thirds of the season um than it was you know than it has been so far and especially i mean the good news for them is that hopefully by the time they do play some of those teams they don't play connecticut until august so hopefully they have the goomkays back by the time they play some of those tougher games but right now when amanda zowie b has been fantastic i don't want to take anything away from her but i don't see how they're they're really hanging with too many people outside of the sky and the fever without either a Gumake on the court. We know neck is neck is going to be a while. Chanae is week to week. So who knows? She might be a while too. I, when you look at this roster without those two, I'm not sure if I really in with the sky getting Candace Parker back, hopefully tomorrow, it sounds like, uh, I'm not even sure if, if they played again, that I would see the sparks winning that game. So, I'm I'm still I'm with you that they're I think on the outside looking in of the playoff picture right now. Maybe if the Gumakes come back sooner than we expect and healthy, you know, maybe they can sneak into that eighth spot. But um this team doesn't necessarily scare me. 
Yeah, I kind of feel like for them to sneak into a playoff spot, the Grimmel kids are going to have to come back, and Neka has to average like 30 points a night. I just don't like <laughs> see a path to them winning without her scoring like 30 points a night. <laughs> so that's a tall ask, obviously, to ask Neka. It's not a knock on her as a player. It's just a knock on this overall situation in LA at the moment. So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, they might sit at fifth right now, but... I stand by what we said at the beginning of the season. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I do too. Although I we should mention too, Nia Coffee is having a great season. I feel like part of the reason they're four and three is because of their schedule. Part of the reason is I do think because Amanda Zowie B and Nia Coffee have been great in the front court and have eased the losses of the Gumkes a little bit. But they're very 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 thin uh, in the front court behind those two. And they're pretty small outside of Amanda Zowie B. Um, and they're pretty young with, you know, Arella Guarantes getting minutes, Taya Cooper getting minutes. I mean, outside of Christy Tolliver. Um, I think this team could could have something in 2022. Jasmine Walker comes back. Hopefully the Gumkes will be healthy. And um, you, you had Gabby, Gabby Williams to the mix, but I don't see it this year. Agreed. Agreed. I think it's it's a building here. All right. At six, we have New York. So Tuesday night, they're at five and four. Obviously, really, really hot start for New York. They cooled off a bit over the last week or two. I feel like people are higher on them. I don't know. I still feel like I'm in the same spot as I was before. I think they they might make the playoffs, but I don't think they're you know in this like next year beyond making like a a playoff contender i mean obviously Nigel laney has been absolutely fantastic for them can't say enough about how she's been playing through the first like nine or so games of the season sabrina i think started out kind of hot has faded off a little bit it sounds like something might not be totally right with her ankle there but i think natasha howard going down with the injury just kind of cools off their expectations a little bit, especially because I just like Kylie Shook is a great backup player off the bench, but having her as a, a starting center against like Brittany Griner or Sylvia Fowles is it's not gonna be a winning game plan, I think. Yeah, so it's interesting. This might be the first one where we disagree a little bit, although I am with you that when you take Natasha Howard out of the picture and when you factor in, you know, Sabrina's health that I don't see this team making a deep run or anything, but I think if they can get everyone at full strength, full strength, Howard, full strength, Sabrina down the stretch, I think this team is, I have changed my opinion on this team. I'll put it that way. I saw this team in that tier that was fighting for a playoff spot, you know, borderline eight, eight through 10 type of team early in the season. And now I look at this team as, um, you know, where are they right now? Sixth. I, I look at this team as a team that can stay maybe in the top half in that five or six range. Um, and especially if, you know, if and when they do, like I said, get healthy. Um, I To me, it's the five out offense is a good offense. And last year they had, it was a good offense, but it wasn't because they didn't have the personnel to make it a good offense. Offense itself was good, but the players running it weren't and now they have sabrina who they basically didn't have last year when you put natasha howard in you know she's really important in that offense with the pick and rolls uh benajah laney has been 
a pseudo second point guard, the way she's running pick and rolls and passing the ball. Um, and, you know, your favorite, Michaela Onyenwede, who I know you're high on, even if you're not high on the Liberty, uh, has been performing, you know, really, really well as a rookie. And I feel like now that all of those new pieces that they, they have added fit the offense and, and it's when they're all together and healthy, it's it's really fun to watch. I think it performs really well. Yeah, I'm going to be insufferable if she list, like, actually wins Rookie of the Year because I feel like no one really else had her there, and I'm just going to be like, look, I was right. <laughs> Please ignore all of my wrong takes from the preseason. I was right about this. <laughs> I can confirm I was there when you said that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm absolutely thrilled to see her playing at that level, and she looked, she's had a fantastic start to the season, and I'm high on her, regardless of the fact that I'm not that high on New York. I just, I think, I mean, they're just such a young team still. I think they've got a lot of room to grow, and I think they're going to keep getting better. I just, I, I mean, it's basically a rookie year for Sabrina, too. She made, what, like four games last season, so... I mean, it's just, it's going to take a little bit of time, and I think that's fine. I just don't know that they're going to be quite there this season. I think they've got a shot at making the playoffs, but I could also see them ending up missing them. All right, so next up we've got Atlanta at 4-4 four and four as of Tuesday night. I mean, the backcourt here, unsurprisingly, is the story. I think Tiffany Hayes, Courtney Williams have been fantastic. Kennedy Carter is out right now with an injury, but has been really solid for them. I think this team looks a little bit better than I thought they were going to so far. I've been, I think, pleasantly surprised with them. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I probably had them, if I if I would have had to rank, uh, rather than just tiers, I think I would have probably had them 11th above Indiana at the beginning of the season. Uh, they've moved up on my board as well with that four-game winning streak they had. Um Big thing that I'm I'm really loving this year is Courtney Williams. Uh, I've always been a big Courtney Williams fan. A, uh, she's really swaggy, and I love that. B, we share initials, and we share a birthday, so I have to be a fan. Um, but the only thing I haven't liked is her, as an analytics guy, she just takes so many jumpers, and she'll pass up a three and pull up off the dribble one step inside of the line. But she has been taking threes this year. She's never attempted two threes a game uh, in her career. She's attempting four and a half threes a game this year. She's never made a three a game. She's making over two threes a game. She's shooting almost 50%, 49% from three, which I think is a big reason for the step up for this team and this offense in particular. When It's really the same shot she's been taking her whole career. It's just add an extra foot to it. But that extra foot gives you an extra point every time. That's how analytics works. And I I love it. I'm even more (laughs) of a Courtney Williams fan now that she's shooting and making threes. Uh, So I'm I'm in on this team being a lot higher than I thought they were, too. Another sort of of middle-of-the-road team. I don't think they're, they're, they're in the basement. Yeah, I mean, you can almost say the same thing about Tiffany Hayes, too. She's attempted more threes in her career, but she's attempting right now 4.3 threes a game and shooting at 47%, which it would be a career high if she kind of holds on to that by quite a bit. I think 37% is the highest she's shot from deep in a season. So um, kind of both of them have been really lighting it up from beyond the arc, which has been a big part of why they've been so successful. The two of them, I think, are tied for leading the team in scoring, both around 18 points a game. And yeah, just been a huge part of this team's success. 
Yeah, and you know, we we have yet to really see I think the full extent of what they're going to look like when Cheyenne Parker, you know, she's she's been back, she's played two games, 17 minutes a game. Um I think the more she sort of gets up to speed with this team and gets acclimated with with her new team and her new teammates, you know, we'll see. I mean, she was great last year with Chicago. Um so so I don't even know if we've necessarily seen the the ceiling for this team and of course like you mentioned Kennedy Carter's out as well so when you put put all those pieces together I, yeah this team definitely has I think potential to be a playoff team yeah agreed and on top of that I think um, Eric McDonald has been getting a little bit better every game as well so she keeps getting better I think I mean there's some questions in the front court I think Monique Williams and Elizabeth Williams have been playing well but they, they're not you know Brittany Griner or whatever but I still I just do you think they're going to make the playoffs probably? And this team looks better than I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely with you. All right. Minnesota. <laughs> now it, after two standards game at three and five, it felt like they were hitting their stride a little bit. They were on like a third game win streak. They lose to Washington tonight. <laughs> I feel like I'm just so confused by what is going on with this team. On paper, they very clearly have all the pieces. Mephisa Collier is back. They've got, you know, Caleb McBride. They add Leisha Clarendon from the, the Liberty after they she, they got waived there. Um, they've got all the pieces. It still feels like it's not all really clicking on the court, though. Yeah, I, I'm very confused by this team, too. I... It would say the same thing as you. I, you know, we were both super high on this team. Did you pick them as your champion? Yeah. Remember that yep. right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I knew I did. I thought you did as well. We, but we both went out on a little bit of a limb, and then they lost their first three games, and I didn't change my opinion even a little bit because they didn't have Nafisa Collier. And then I thought, all right, you know, she's back. Game four, they're going to be all right. Uh, and they just got run out of the gym by the storm. Um, which was a little bit concerning because they had Collier back and they had a week leading up to that game without any games with Collier practicing. So it's not like she was just thrown into the fire, having straight come from overseas without any practices with her new teammates. Uh, they did lose aerial powers, obviously. But after that, they started they started rolling a little bit until tonight. Um, every, before tonight, every single game, their offensive rating had increased a late at least a little bit from the game before obviously that wasn't going to keep up forever but um i i think this team i'm a little bit confused by it's it's shot making i think is what it really is we looked at some of those in the preseason we talked about some of those players from last year who were knocked down from three and then you you add in players like kayla mcbride um who obviously can shoot aerial power so aerial powers has been has been out, but uh, when she was playing, she was just one for six from three. Um, Demiris Duntas, though, under 30%. Bridget Carlton, under 30%. Rachel Bannum, under 30%. Those latter two are players who were upper 40s last year. So I think the shots are going to start falling. I mean, it's not just them. Nafisa Collier was 0 for 5 from three tonight. But um, it's it's kind of weird right now to watch this team Struggle to figure it out. I did love the Lasia Clarendon signing, though. I thought that was a really, really good signing for them. Agreed. I think it's been a great signing for them. Yeah, I don't think, like, I'm in, like, crisis mode about this team yet. Like, I think 
they're gonna figure it out. It's taking a little longer than everyone would like for the new pieces to mesh together for them to figure out the offense, get the shots falling down. But like you said, like I don't think these players that shot an upper forty percent from deep all of last season are all of a sudden all going to become under thirty percent three point shooters. <laughs> I think <laughs> things are gonna you know work it out, and I like I have no concern that this team isn't gonna make the playoffs. They're gonna make the playoffs. They will figure things out. I think it's just going to take a little bit longer than people were expected. They're maybe not going to be like this favorite championship contender that some people thought they were going to be. I thought they were going to be, but I still think they're going to be a really solid team. And I think they've looked better since Nafisa Collier has come back. They're finding their groove. I, th- I think it's going to be okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I wouldn't be panicking at all. I think they're going to be fine. But I have a question for you, though. Do you think that this team can be the Connecticut sun of last year in the sense that, you know, the sun started 0 five people wrote them off. They, they, they got better as the season went on, but still ended up in that six versus seven single elimination game uh, in the playoffs, right in the middle of the standings and ended up making it, you know, to within a game of the finals after the playoff run. Do you feel like the links can maybe be that team where they start off really slow, like Connecticut end up maybe in a single elimination game on day one of the playoffs and make a run to the semis or even the finals. Yeah, I actually really think they did, can. And I also think it's kind of a good parallel, right? Because you look at Connecticut and it was a team that had a lot of like new pieces last year. So it took a while for things to gel. It's actually kind of a similar situation. Um, so I think you've got kind of an also both teams that have good coaches, experienced coaches. I could very much see them being making a similar type of run to Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think if you're a Lynx fan and you need some hope, just just look at the sun last year. And I think, you know, this team's going to be fine. All right, next up, Dallas. Currently on Tuesday night at 3 and 5. You already alluded to this earlier, but I just feel like this team is way better than their record in the standings as it is at the moment. Yeah, I felt like that that shot by Rike, really those two shots by Rike, was a little bit of uh, standings justice or luck justice. I don't know what you want to call it because, I mean, this team going in was two and five, way better than that. Storm going in were seven and one. I don't think they were seven and one good, but I mean, part of that is because they had played twice before and they both went to overtime. The Storm won both of them. Um, And it looked like that sort of same thing was going to happen again. And then Rike saved the day. So, I think this team can be, you know, and they've had some other close losses too. Four-point loss to the Mercury, um, a, a six-point loss to the Atlanta Dream in the game before. They actually haven't lost by more than seven in any of their five games. So um, this is a team that I think looks looks a lot better than they did last year under Vicki Johnson, which is part credit to her and part credit to the fact that they're all like 22 years old. So of course they're getting better. <laughs> um, I, I love Marina Mabry. I mentioned that earlier, but I think she's been phenomenal for them and in a really, really good backcourt partner for a you know, as they were at Notre Dame. Yeah. The two of them have just been really, really solid for this team. Um, kind of like the dynamic duo it feels like for them. So that's been really good to see. I think, you know, when you talk about that most improved player race, Mabry's definitely a player that's, name is coming in there they've also done all a lot of this without alicia gray who was abroad for the the three on three trials for the olympics so she's only played three of those games so far so she's coming back as well um and obviously a you know kind of a, a big piece of this rotation usually so 
I mean, that's going to add a lot. And Satsi Savoy was also away for three on three, three. So kind of a lot of big pieces on this team that have also missed time. So I think that kind of alludes partially to, to why the record might be where it is and should get better going forward as they kind of have the full strength team. I think you still got questions in the front court. Charlie Collier has been, I think, good for a rookie, but I just, I mean, it's, I think we've used this on a lot of teams, but there's, you know, being a good, but then being a starting center that has to play up against like a Brittany Griner, and that's, that's a different level. Yeah, of course, in a walk, Couillere, same, same idea, kind of, she wasn't there at the beginning of the season, but obviously we, we definitely haven't seen her full potential yet. Sometimes rookies are just rookies, no matter how good they are, they're still rookies, but this team is up six, by the way, as we speak on the Mercury um, at the end of the first quarter. So that's uh, actually, nope, never mind. They were about to be up three, but that, that shot didn't go in. So, and I have this on my screen right now, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think this team definitely is playing at least 500 caliber basketball, if not maybe a little bit better, despite their, their three and five record. Exactly. I think absolutely a playoff team. No doubt in my mind. I think that this team will be in the playoffs. All right. Next up we have also currently at three and five Washington Mystics. This one is also a little puzzling to me. I know they don't have Elena Del Don back yet, but I just like I wouldn't have expected them to start out this rough. I think Tina Charles has been really solid for them, but it still feels like they're kind of trying to find their footing. Yeah, it it is, you know, I would have thought this team would be playing a little bit better even without Deladon too, but I I still think this team is, um, you know, especially when they get, I think when they get Deladon back, I think they're, they might just vault into that first tier that we talked about, honestly, and with championship contenders again, which is where we had them at the beginning of the season. And if they get Emma Miesemann back towards the end of the season, that would just definitely cement the deal in my mind. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a struggle, I think, to find some of that scoring outside of, you know, Tina Charles is having a career year, which is amazing at 32 or whatever she is. And Ariel Atkins has been playing great as well, but they've sort of struggled to defend, I think, and not the mystics teams under Tebow has ever, have ever been known as like defensive juggernauts or anything, but they've often had sort of the offense to to make up for it. And this year their offense is merely good, not elite. Uh, but again, that's because Elena Deladon is the biggest key to the offense. So it'll be different, you know, with her in there, but I, I'm, I'm a little bit confused by this team too. They, it seems like they have a very high ceiling and a very low floor. I mean, they pounded New York by 29. Um, and then they lose to the fever, the only team to lose to the fever in the very next game. So <laughs> it's, it's confusing. I don't know exactly what to make of this team. Um, but I, they, they definitely wouldn't surprise me to finish almost anywhere in the standings from like three to 10, maybe depending on Elena <laughs> Teledon's health. Yeah, basically. I feel like they're, I mean, maybe even more confusing than Minneapolis <laughs> just because like, like I'm confident that at least Minnesota is going to be a playoff team. Washington, I'm like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, especially if Elena Deladon's back. I mean, it's already kind of lingered longer than I think 
I yeah. knew. I think most people maybe didn't see last year. It was just lingers and lingers and lingers. Yeah, they could miss the playoffs. They almost did last year without her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. should be interesting. All right. Then at 11, we've got Chicago. Currently, Tuesday night, 2-7. and seven. They are supposed to get Candace Parker back, hopefully, on Wednesday. I just don't understand what's happening with this team. I also have... As I said earlier, just a big yikes for him. <laughs> I just, I don't know that Candace Parker fixes like whatever is going on here because it has not looked good so far. No, I, I'm with you. I mentioned earlier that the the Sparks three wins against the Sky changed my opinion of the Sky and not really the Sparks. And I think, I mean, Candace Parker is gonna help a little bit. Like obviously, it's better to have her than not, but. Uh, I there's a lot more going on with this team. I mean, they're missing shots. They're turning it over even more. They always turn it over the way that they play, and usually they can live with that because they have so many shot makers. But the shot makers aren't making shots, and they're not getting good shots. Is the thing they're you know they're taking contested shots, and it's it's not pretty basketball. The sky in the last couple of years have been like aesthetically pleasing basketball, at least on offense, and. It's just not this year. And I don't know if Candace Parker fixes all that. Um, I mean, you you can also look at, you know, like what we talked about with the wings is sort of true about the sky too, in the sense that they've lost a lot of really close games and their record maybe could easily be better than two and seven. You know, if Kia Nurse doesn't make a half court shot, they're three and six. Uh, if they don't, you know, that, that game that went to overtime against the Sparks, I mean, that could have gone either way. Then Then they could be four and five. They've, they've gotten some pretty bad luck in terms of those close games, but they shouldn't be playing close games against teams like the Sparks is the thing. Like, they shouldn't be in that position in the first place. So it's not just that. It's and I, I don't know if this team can be a championship contender, even with Candace Parker. I hate to say that. I'm a Sky fan, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I just I have a hard time seeing what the path to them being a championship contender is right now. I think Candace Parker is obviously really good, right? Like she's won MVP awards. She's does change the face of the program and the way that a program looks when it's on the court, but she's one player and they have a lot of other really solid pieces on this team that we know are good and they're still looking like this. So I, I'm surprised that this is what it looks like, but I just have a really hard time seeing how they get to be a championship contender. I think Diamond DeShields has been playing well, but there's I don't think she looks like you know the player everyone's necessarily hoping that she was going to be. And just all the pieces on the court together just don't seem to be flowing in a way in offense that is making things. I think they're like smack dab at the bottom of the league in terms of like scoring percentage, field goal percentages and things like that. Yeah. They're shooting 38% from the floor as a whole. It's just everything is kind of in the red. If you're on our site, on their, their shooting. Shockingly, their defense numbers are all in green, <laughs> which not what I would have expected but out of this team, but <laughs> here we are. But um, yeah, I just, I can't see them being championship contenders. I think quite frankly, there's at two and seven, I think there's an argument that they could end up having to fight to even get into a playoff spot. Yeah, I I think so too. If they do make the playoffs, they're definitely going to be for the third straight year playing a single elimination game. Um, but I mean, 
it is shocking that their defense is ranked number one when you look at how that was one of their bigger struggles the last couple of years and their offense has ranked dead last. Um, it's it's very weird, but part of me, you know, thinks that maybe the defense, you know, I, I don't want to disrespect them too much, but I mean, number one is number one, but they played the Sparks three times and they haven't played the Storm yet. <laughs> so I'm not sure if that defense is going to stay ranked number one, although Candace Parker coming back, defensive player of the year is definitely going to going to improve on that side of the side of the ball as well but not sure if i fully buy into the defense being number one i don't buy into the offense being number 12 either but it's certainly not the offense that we've seen from them the last couple years being one of the top offenses in the league it's definitely a bottom half offense even when candace parker comes back and you know even if they start playing a little bit better yeah, exactly. I think it's going to be tough. And you've got to, like, even if the defense really is that good, you've got to score points to win games. And they're just really struggling with that right now. So it'll be interesting to see. But I wouldn't be surprised if this team does not make the playoffs after what we've seen for their first nine games. Yeah. Got enough hill climb, I think, to get there. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm with you on that, which is disappointing. But I'm, I'm there with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, closing it out. Last team, Indiana, one and nine. I think we were just we were right here. I'm <laughs> gonna pat ourselves on the back for yeah, we were right. I don't know what they were doing. They're doing still, and we didn't know what they were doing with their some of their offseason moves. Didn't know what they were doing with the draft, and <laughs> yeah, it's it's very clear on the court. Yeah, I I don't even know if there's a whole lot to say about this team. This is where we thought they'd be. This is where they are. I think Ryan Howard's going to be traveling a few miles north next year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the bottom line. Yeah. I, I feel like, honestly, the best storylines around this team are who are they drafting next year and uh, what free agency moves should they be looking to make? So, yep. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> so, not much to say there. So, that's... I think we can wrap it up there then. Thanks, Calvin, for hopping on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Megan. Well, that's all for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Make sure you rate, like, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps others find us. Also, make sure you check out the stats site at herhoopstats.com. There's been lots of new stuff over the last few weeks, so make sure you're checking out all of that, plus WNBA stats, all of that stuff, and you can subscribe for just $20 a year. Make sure you're also subscribed to our free newsletter on Substack to get all our best content into your inbox and follow us on social media at Her Hoop Stats on all platforms. Thanks again for listening. Mm-hmm.